All right. Now, I am really excited to welcome Jordan Bosch, the co-founder and CEO of Seven Shifts to the Stage. Jordan, I got to know, how did you go from being a junior web dev to founding Seven Shifts? First off, uh, thanks for having me, Jason. Uh, yeah, it was a it was an interesting story. Um, I, I actually grew up working in quick service restaurants for my dad, who ran some uh, Quiznos locations, and I, I witnessed kind of this issue of him scheduling and managing staff. And so I taught myself how to write some code to help him solve his problem. And I fell in love with programming, just trying to solve his problems. And I worked at Best Buy and I, I worked a bunch of jobs. And then I went away to school to Ottawa and I ended up just working and coding on my own and building stuff. And, and eventually uh, I got a job and, and as a software engineer and worked for a, a bunch of different uh, software companies. And I moved overseas to France, did some consulting for companies back home. And then I moved back to my home province in Saskatchewan. And it was when I moved back that there was, at some point, it was in 2013, I believe it was, when Seven Shifts as the side project that was, you know, had like a PayPal payment flow. <laughs> And now started at your enough, dad's Quiznos, right? Yeah. Now I made now I actually made enough money where I could do it full time, mm -hmm. and then I uh, I quit my job as a software engineer, and got this little ten by ten office space because I wanted to feel like it was I was like leaving the house to go go to work, and it was about a month into doing that um, that yeah I just uh, I found it like it was kind of boring working by myself. I always wanted to work with a team, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so that's kind of where it started was started software engineering and, and then. And so how many years in between that first line of code for your dad's Quiznos and then taking the leap to do it full time by yourself? I would probably say like five years or four years. Like it was never like, it was always just kind of this thing in the side yeah. back burner type of thing where um, it just made little money here and there. And it wasn't really, it was just a fun side project. I just enjoyed working on it to learn. Did you get paid in subs? <laughs> <laughs> I thankfully, I thankfully uh, did get, he did pay me in real money, uh, yeah. but I did eat free subs. So that was That's good. Yeah. And so um, part of that journey in between, of course, uh, you got to work with Catherine from Coconut Calendar, uh, right. who's a Tech2 alumni. Would love to hear about your time at Coconut and sort of how it transformed you and, and made you into a founder. Yeah, it was it was awesome working with with Catherine, and um, we were early days um, at Coconut, and it was like myself, her, and and Romeo, and um, yeah, it, it was it was back when it was called Twenty Four Hour Assistant, so it wasn't rebranded to Coconut Calendar yet, and so yeah, it, I, I got it. It was an immense joy of working on something new, and and kind of fresh, and and got to really build the foundation or kind of rebuild rather, um, and really high collaborative environment. And then, um, but yeah, and all, I would kind of go home and, you know, I'd also work on seven shifts. And so I, I, I really had two loves. Like I really did re mm -hmm. like enjoy working on both of these, these pieces of software. And, and when you went, when you did leave coconut was the first thing you did start working on seven shifts full time, or was there something in between? So there was, there was something in between. I went to, I actually moved from Saskatoon back to my home city, which is Regina. Mm -hmm. And I, I ended up taking a, a job at another a tech company just working remotely. And so um, I did that 
before then moving back to Saskatoon, <laughs> the journey is all over the map. But <laughs> I ended up coming back and working at Vendasta um, as a so like a software engineer when Vendasta was like twenty mm -hmm. some people, and now obviously they're much bigger, and they were you know talking about going public and. I, I learned a lot from a lot of folks there and, and got to build my network. Amazing. And so uh, all these years you were going home to your second love and working on it. Did you know the whole time that eventually this was going to be your number one focus or was there a time that that sort of shifted and said, this is now like, why not the first year? Why the, why the fifth year of working on it? I was still in the midst of just learning how to write code. I think, I think that was just figuring things out and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I always kind of knew in the back of my mind that this was going to be the thing that actually makes money. Um, and I did try and get it out there earlier than, you know, that like much earlier, even as I was working on it, because I'd worked my job in Ottawa at an agency and I would go home and I would literally sit there and work till like 2 a.m., like pretty much every night. Right. And then on Saturdays, I'd print off these papers of screenshots of the product and I would like walk into restaurants and be like, hey, like, check this out. Do you want, like, didn't even have a laptop. I only had a desktop. I couldn't afford a laptop. And so I was like trying to sell this, like, like these pictures of software on paper. It was absolutely ludicrous. But, but was it, was it totally vaporware? Was it literally just the printouts or you were, you were busy building it behind the scenes as well? No, it, it fully existed, but like okay. I couldn't bring my my computer, like my desktop computer, to the restaurant to like demo people. Yeah. So I had to it, like print it off. Incredible, and uh, yeah, man, you must have you must have been excited when the tablets first started coming out. You must have been like this is this is brilliant, a great novel invention. Yeah. <laughs> now you you talked about leaving and, and starting sort of by yourself. I don't know if you said like a ten by ten room. How, how did you sort of put together a founding team after working on it solo for so many years? I, I had kind of made some connections through my time at Coconut um, through another developer, Johannes, who was in Regina at the same time as me working for a large telco. And, and my wife, Andre, um, was also kind of working, um, you know, at like the health, I think she was at the health region at the time. Mm -hmm. And I wanted seven shifts to be, I was like, this is, yeah, it was kind of boring working on a, one project by yourself. Like I love working with smart people, high collaborative environments, like pushing things out. Like I, I love the energy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I want to go build a big company. And where do you go to build big companies? I was like, oh, let's go to the Bay area. That's where they build all these big companies. And so we applied to some tech accelerators. Um, I told my wife, Andre and Johannes, I was like, guys, like if we get in, like you guys have to quit your jobs. Like, do you want to, like, would you want to come and move down there with me? And they're both like, yeah, of course. And then uh, we, we, we did the interview and then we got in and uh, we kind of, I remember closing the laptop lid and we used like Skype to, to like have the conversation. And I was like, are you guys? And they're like, well, I guess it was, this was like Monday. And they're like, okay, well, I guess I'll tell my boss on Friday that I'm quitting. <laughs> it was just kind of uh, very, yeah, very sporadic, but we didn't, we haven't looked back. So. So you ended up moving down to SF. Did how long were you there for? And um, did you end up launching in SF as well? Um, yeah, I think there's like, I mean, we are we already had a bit of revenue. We were at like a couple k in MRR, like nothing crazy. Um, so we had we were, we had a bit of revenue, but we we went down there. We lived there, and we were beside all these companies that were really hustling and like moving and like at a very quick speed and. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I've never been a part of that before. So it was like, you were just one of the culture where like you, 
you 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 barely ate you you, you kind of just worked and and you kind of went to sleep and and you didn't really see the sunlight for a while because like this was actually in like a basement like this accelerator is kind of in a basement so you didn't get a ton That's of where sunlight all the best quality accelerators are right in a basement in san francisco caged your, your foot is chained to the desk yeah no it's it's um it was a great learning experience and i met a lot of great people there and um i saw what was I feel like the bar in terms of the hustle and grind that people mm -hmm. talk about, but who don't really know until they see it. Right. And so um, it was interesting because earlier tonight, Michelle spoke about how uh, providing capital could disrupt some of these accelerators. Um, but for you, it seems like it was a positive experience in setting and being able to see your peers and setting the bar and telling you what good looked like. Um, reflecting back on your experience at the accelerator, maybe tell us a little bit more about the accelerator you joined and what your advice would be to sort of up and coming founders when they're thinking about how to, you know, fund their business and, and find their sort of their, their tribe as they build their product. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a, a, a great experience, um, it was called Boost. It was the was the accelerator, and mm -hmm. um, they were like Bitcoin at the time. And now, they, and then they went to do other things. And I, I'm not sure. I think they focused back on AI for a little bit. And um, but uh, it was run by like Adam Draper uh, and, and Tim Draper, um, who are like pretty well known venture capitalists down there. And so we we ended up raising some money down there from from them, and you know that helped. That really helped kickstart what became seven shifts. We, mm -hmm. um, we weren't really, we weren't focused on the restaurant space. We were kind of, we're in this kind of like awkward phase where we got all these requests for stuff to build. And, you know, I'm, I'm really someone that doesn't like to be the Jack of all master of none. Like I want to be like, if, if you don't evoke like an F yeah, this is the best product. Like if I can evoke that emotion from you, then there's, then why am I, why am I building this? It just doesn't make sense. I'm in spending all this energy. So we truly, I think for us, aligning with like a great accelerator that like fostered this community allowed us to really, really like take a step back and say like, we're going to go focus on restaurants. And mm -hmm. it was uncomfortable because it meant isolating two thirds of our existing customers. So they're going to like, kind of, what kind website. of customers were those? Like what, what sort of industries like, were the other two thirds? Everything from like retail, dog grooming companies, medical construction, like every, there's like everyone in a cat has to schedule you know, people. And so right. we just thought in 2013, like there, this is like this in this, this industry has been kind of largely forgotten and hasn't adopted technology. And there was this, this kind of green space or white space, if you will. And everyone said it was, it was stupid to like try and target restaurants because margins are low. They don't pay for anything. But you know, that was really when we started to see early signs of like restaurant tech POS starting to raise like gobs of money and like, mm -hmm. you know, or, start to that go on that trajectory where, you know, a few of them are, you know, multi-billion dollar valued companies now. But um, yeah, so we, we, we had the fortune to get a, a really good head start and, and how, did those, all these. How, how did those conversations go when you were sort of, when you decided to focus on your niche to evoke that wow feeling and you had to fire two thirds of your customers? Like, did you just sort of neglect them and hope that they would churn and leave you alone? Did you reach out proactively and let them know? trying to remember honestly like we for sure ch we for sure changed the site to have like pictures of restaurant people so like mm -hmm. if you weren't there you'd probably be like hey like this is kind of weird um but yeah we didn't notice churn it kind of went like this for a little while and then it started going like this right um and now you know looking back like it was the best move we've, we ever made because we solidified so many great partnerships early on where 
we were kind of like we're, we're go to good labor management go to part go to market partner for restaurants mm -hmm. and um yeah that that and then we can build all these restaurant specific things now um to kind of help foster that and make it's it go interesting. further it, it, the more you focus actually the the more there is to build isn't it isn't it funny that way yeah you start to see in, in another lens and so i think what was really encouraging and I think like a lot of folks may, may resonate with in the early stages of founding a business, um, you know, for us, we felt like we were being pulled in a lot of different directions. Like if you don't define where you're going and, and what your purpose mm -hmm. is, and granted, there's a lot of figuring out that happens along the way, but like the customers for better or worse kind of start defining it for you. And right. um, you're going to get pulled in a lot of different ways and you're going to see opportunities, but it's your job to figure out, you know, kind of as Michelle stated, like, you know, they saw the writing on the wall in terms of where they wanted to focus on that next opportunity mm -hmm. um, and not go with the Airbnb route um, and go into in, in commerce. And I think like those moments are really important to recognize because you can't do everything. You have to understand and, and measure and, and have conviction around that next big step you need to take. So that's a lot about your customers, but how did you sort of convey that conviction uh, to your investors? Like, can you, can you remember your first fundraise and what that felt like and, um, and how you did? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very poor. Um, and so like I've gotten better. I'm, I'm still not the greatest, but I, I feel like I've, I've made a lot of progress, but in mm -hmm. any case, early days, we got some angel funding from the Bay area. And then we moved that back to Canada, at which point people are, are just called a stupid and crazy for going back to Saskatchewan, mm -hmm. <laughs> they like had to, they needed to know where it was on a map. Um, but yeah, I think like when we, to, to our, our seed round was led by Relay Ventures in Toronto, um, who's an investor in Touch Bistro. So like they understood mm -hmm. the restaurant space, but I kind of made the connection through Touch Bistro, who was a, a partner of ours and, and kind of climbed in that way. And I was like flying to Toronto every like three weeks, it felt like, and I was pitching them, constantly pitching. And like, I, I, I joke cause I like, it was almost to the point of exhaustion for them <laughs> where they, they like let me come back and I, I kept showing better numbers and I like I'd implemented things and they were like, okay, Jordan, you're not pitching us anymore. You're updating us. And I knew <laughs> in that moment, I was like, okay, like this is, this sounds like a great partner. Mm -hmm. And um, Alex Baker at, at really ended up joining our board and um, is still on our board and, and super valuable. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, they took a risk on us, like investing in the first company they invested in the prairies. And so amazing. And that's you sort of, you've sort of focused on the successful one, but to get to that one, how much other flying to the Valley, to Toronto, to Vancouver, oh. abroad, like how, you know, until the point that we were updating, uh, you know, the love of your life, how, what did it feel like? Yeah, it was like, it's super frustrating. Like fundraising was really hard, but I, I actually really love pitching and selling the vision and telling mm -hmm. the story, which actually works out because that turns out that's what I'm supposed to do in my job. <laughs> but all these, all these flights, I, I burnt so much money and I, I didn't have it. I didn't know even how to use like rewards properly or Aeroplan. <laughs> I, I really regret that part, but <clears throat> I got rejected a gazillion times for sure. Like I, we even had strong growth. We had like 300% year over year growth. Like we were just, it was like, how can you? And it was, I got, yeah, there was a lot of rejection along the way. Um, I think a large part of it was, you know, I was flying to places like the Bay Area and, and like people were like, oh, like, where are you from? And I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm from Canada. And it's like, oh, like Toronto or Vancouver. It's like, oh no, Sask uh, Saskatchewan. And they're like, what, where's that? Like, it was like, it was like, I was a story that they were going to tell like their colleagues of this kid that came from like 
the prairies and and like they kind of laughed me out of the room at times so and i don't so know did you it see was... that as an advantage or a disadvantage if you could do it again would you would you have skipped the part where you're where you go back to uh saskatchewan or would you have doubled down on it no i don't think i would have changed anything i i have a lot of like prairie pride and canadian pride in trying to build and mm-hmm. be part of the ecosystem that we're building here. And I think we have tremendous potential, yeah. but what I, what it, there comes with, there's pros and cons that come with it. Um, you know, the, the, the pros, the pros are very uh, like, yeah, your capital is going to last longer. Like we raise us funds. It lasts us like twice as long, <laughs> but the, the cons of, mm-hmm. of it were very clear of, yeah, like you, you're going to miss the senior talent. So I spent a lot of time, maintaining a network there and in Toronto and, and trying to bridge our team into these areas and to introduce them to people and say, spend an hour with this person, spend an hour here, get to know these people because that's when the magic starts to happen is when yes. people start learning and you, you need to accelerate the learning. It's not yep. that people are incapable of doing something. It's, it's the learning velocity. And, and you need, if we can find people that have a high learning velocity, I want to download as much information into their brain as possible to kind of get going. And so I spent more time finding and hiring people with high learning velocity potential um, and downloading um, and and kind of networking them in. And so. I love that. And of course, um, since the time where you had to explain to people where Saskatchewan was on a map, you guys have grown a lot since then. Do you want to give the the audience here a sense of the size of seven shifts today? Yeah. So seven shifts is 150 employees across uh, Saskatoon, which is where I'm based. We, about a third of our companies in Toronto. Uh, we have a number of folks in New York. Now we have some folks in Calgary. And so, uh, we're also nearing 20,000 restaurant locations. Um, mostly like 85% of them are in the U S mm-hmm. and you know, but one in one in 50 restaurant workers in the U S uses seven shifts actively. So we're, um, yeah, we're, 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 and we also, uh, it's going to be announced this week, but we just closed, um, closed our series B and yes. so this, this week there'll be hopefully some some press pickup and the, the the details will be shared um a little bit later but we're obviously ramping up hiring and building our team and, and continuing to grow because we're excited to you know build a great story here and going from uh you know part-time evening project uh to 150 people what surprised you the most in that sort of um scaling journey um the what surprised me the most is yeah i'm trying to think like obviously like processes keep changing constantly mm-hmm. and like and you you always try you don't try to over you know process process arise that's not a word but um things it could you, you be, try, though. It could yeah. be we can make it a word we can make it a thing at techtio processorize processorize uh-huh. oh god that's what i'm known for now um <laughs> but we we I, i'm a big believer in kind of the you know document the 20 percent that gets you the 80 percent results mm-hmm. yeah and so really making sure we're continuing to run lean and, and as we hire folks because and really being cognizant of the individuals we bring onto the team that they subscribe to our core values behaviors and philosophies of how we think about business and yeah. I've been early stages, like I would, you know, part ways with people, like, just be like, hey, like, you're great at, you know, understanding the car and, and you know, you're super knowledgeable, but you're not willing to get in the car and drive it. And I need people that can drive cars. Uh-huh. And, um, and Or and tractors, so, you know, if we're in the prairie. <laughs> yeah. And tractors. But yeah, I think like getting people that are just like hell bent on, 
on growing a, a big business and are going to work through the trenches with you um, is really important. And you try and just maintain that for, you know, as you grow and, and scale mm -hmm. and because it's going to change a little bit, right? Like we have, I have a family now. And so I'm not working like, you know, 14 hour days. Um, but I, I did that to kind of get to where to we are point. as well. I got to ask one more question before we head over to a quick lightning round rapid fire. And that's that it's also um, a very funny time, a very different time since you've been doing this for a long time uh, to be working with restaurants. You know, I'm curious to get your thoughts on um, what it's like in the best of times working with the restaurant industry to adopt new technology and, and uh, specifically what the last year has been like. It's been, uh, I imagine, super difficult for a lot of your clients and what you guys have done and, and how you support them through this. Yeah, it was it was devastating for us, honestly, like and I mean, for the industry as a whole, first off, it was it was terrible. And mm -hmm. in March, I was going out to raise our Series B. I was like, yeah, like, here I go. And and I got a call from our investors in New York, like, hey, you guys are like coming down here to talk to investors, like cancel your trip. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, no, no, you're in a bubble right now. You don't understand how bad it is. And yeah. I was like, OK, cancel trips, blah, blah, blah. We had to furlough and lay off yeah. 40 staff. And thankfully, like the culture is strong. All these folks that we had to lay off, a handful of them reached out to me. They're like, hey, this must be so hard for you. Just let me know when I can come back. And I was like, it's hard for me. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you that I had to do this. And, and so um, thankfully, we had a lot of good, great folks on the team. And we rallied together to kind of like go into support mode, support our restaurants. And we lost like, you know, a mil, at least a million in, in ARR just from, wow. from that moment. And we like recovered. From, just, from, just from closures of, of clients account holds closures people just like yeah. i don't know if i can pay this and it's like don't worry like you know i yeah. think some people were just like oh you could have like you know brought prices up 10 percent for those remaining it's like no like that's yeah. not look if if their industry is going down we're going down right. because like it's only like kind of ex trying to extend the ultimate fate of of what restaurants were truly facing which was yeah. like somewhat of a demise for a period but we we came back in september and we've been hitting record-breaking months every month in 2021 in the company's history. February wow. beat January, March beat uh, February, April beat. And so, like, we're setting new records and we're seeing a huge adoption for, yeah. for restaurants adopting technology, not just third-party delivery, but team management, you know, um, engagement products that really connect the employers to the staff yeah. and help them retain their best people and hire them. So it's been a really great journey to see the bounce back happen. That's uh, that's awesome. Okay, we've got to put one minute up for rapid fire questions. I got to ask you some really important seven shifts related questions. You ready? Oh God, here we go. Sure. Yeah. Chocolate or vanilla? Oh, vanilla. Super salad. I would say salad. Cheese or pepperoni? Cheese. Okay. Interesting. Uh, a lot of people are going to be looking deep into these answers to see what that really means about, uh, about the <laughs> seven shifts leadership team. Uh, your favorite restaurant. Uh, I would say in Saskatoon here, Kios. it's an amazing Thai restaurant. What makes it so great? Oh, I mean, just, it's so consistent. Like it's so consistently good. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. The spice, would you say, the would you say it's the scheduling of their, of their wait staff? <laughs> yeah, you know, funny enough, they don't use seven shifts, which is like, why would I eat there? You might ask. And so I, I need to like figure out what I do now. Yeah, come on. You got to get your favorite restaurant as a client. That's important. I know. Um, <laughs> what's the number one thing that people should do when they visit Saskatoon? Uh, they should take the Prairie Lily Cruise. Our investors took it from New York. They, they came up here and it's just like this old like river cruise that you get like you can get like some you know, cocktails on, it's like a lemonade <laughs> cocktail and you can, 
can have some drinks and it All takes right. you down the Saskatoon river. So do let's, that. let's blow, let's blow that service up. Make sure we drop it in the chat uh, team. I think that's going to be awesome. And then last question, what product or service do you wish exists today? That doesn't yet. Um, that is a very tricky question to answer. I don't know. I don't know. That's a yeah. hard one. You're allowed to think about it, but then you got to come back and, and you got to tag us on social media and let us know you got your answers. Does that sound good? How about a layup? Yeah. How can absolutely. the TechTO community learn more about Seven Shifts and help you continue to grow? Yeah. Um, you can learn more about Seven Shifts by you know checking out our, our website, sevenshifts.com. Uh, it's number seven shifts as in shift work. Um, you can also hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, just my first name, last name. I'm sure you can find me. And uh, we're, all, we're all over Instagram as well. So uh, if you wanna know more, please reach out, uh, check out our careers page if you wanna learn more about the company. Uh, we've got an awesome kick out the jam section where all of our shifties post like their favorite songs in a Spotify playlist. So nice. if you want to see what we're listening to, go check that out. You can do that on our, our careers page as well. That's awesome. What an amazing story. Can we get a huge emoji round of applause uh, for Jordan, the Seven Shifts team, putting the Saskatchewan tech ecosystem on the map. Thanks for joining us on TechTO together. Thanks, Jason. Great.